Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on video games. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Patrick. And that's our sound guy, Joe. Hello, hello. We're going to get right into it. Yeah, right? we're just going to jump right into it with a, like a fun little game. I figured since we're going to be talking about something that we're all passionate about, the yeah, conversation is going to go serious, not for boring this is, reasons. This but is going to be a heavy reasons. conversation. Because we're talking about game design. Yes. And we're, this is something that I'm passionate about. I'm pretty sure you're passionate about. Uh, everybody who plays games is passionate about. We are having a philosophical conversation about video games. Storytelling, gameplay, all that. So before yeah. we get into the passionate talk, let's get into some fun little game. Yeah. So we're playing a game called Game About Your Life, mm. where if you were to make a game about your life, <laughs> what genre would it be, what gameplay would it be, and what story would it be? Uh, just as you guys think about that, my personal one that I've made is uh, it's a... It's a story game that play that has the gameplay of sort of like if you ever played What Remains of Edith Finch or something like that, where you or Stanley Parable, where you're just mm. moving oh, through the story. I would have said the same thing with Stanley, Stanley like Parable. a comedy. Yeah, but also but, implies. But the more. way mine works is that uh, story is that I'm a, just a guy who does the same thing every day, mm -hmm. but each day the game happens you do a, like a simple task and as the days go by more and more simple tasks get added to your list of simple tasks yeah and you lose once you can't do all the simple tasks oh boy you get game over you lose your job you fail school and just crisis want to talk about it <laughs> after well it's a it's a metaphor for my life as i wrote over <laughs> here <laughs> i understand joe do you want to go i, I, I would say if not like a comedy thing like the stanley parable I would say like a choice-based game, maybe Life's a Strange or yep. uh, Telltale something. Wow. Cause and so what would the story be about? Well, I mean, is it not just about my life and all like the well, decisions yeah, I make? Like, you can no go how more into they... it. Like I did mine about time management and stuff like that. What would the story well, be? Well, I mean, I would like it to heavily emphasize the relationships and the choices of what to say, what not to say, mm. what to do, what not to do. And, then... and also I always think that... Um, Patrick will remember this in the top corner. It would be very <laughs> useful. would be very useful in, in real life. In real life? Oh, yeah. for sure. No, yeah. So just, uh, I mean, I personally don't think there's ever enough relationship story games. Mm -hmm. Like, Life is Strange. I think we need more of those in our lives. Anyway, Jared, you got anything? Telltales. I, I can help you through my little guideline I have here in case you need it. Telltales is a good example, but how I would like it to be, it, I would like it to be in a JRPG or an RPG of some kind, and I guess to reflect on my own life, have it be have there be a big emphasis on the relationships um, I build with the people I meet or lack thereof? How it would work? How it would play? Maybe uh, turn base. You know, <laughs> everybody gets a turn, but but there might be some chances of people getting the best of you like adding an extra turn or adding some weird dumb uh effect kind of like of some a kind. fire emblem okay but with like like if you max out your relationship I'm with someone of, you get like an added bonus that I'm, isn't just combat related i'm thinking like fire emblem mixed with xenoblade chronicles okay any of the xenoblade chronicles game and maybe a little bit of persona 5 in there mm. you know that that's how i'm thinking about my life Shows how I am. Mm. <laughs> I'm just glad none of us said our life would be a dating sim. My life would be honey I pop. Mean, hey, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I am kidding. Uh, messing. All right. So, anyway, enough goofing aside. Now we get into passionate subjects of game design. 
Let's get heavy. I'm yelling. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna start off with like, some, I'm gonna start off with an easy one. Why do we play games? By the way, Madam Raz's homework. Let us know what you think of any of these questions we'll be asking. All right. Let us know how you feel. Why do we play games? I think it's just a form of escapism, like mm. books or a good TV show. Mm. It's like something it. we can get easily immersed in, especially our generation. Right. Okay. Yeah. And people always love just some good form of entertainment, whether it be a good story, whether it be just like a fun little thing to play. You know, it's just a it's a distraction from just doing nothing. It's a way right. to fill your time. Okay. I think you know just to have fun. I am never bored with video games. I'm just saying. You know? All right, but what about when you're playing a JRPG yeah. and you got to do that same mission to get the same item to give to the same NPC? Okay. Um, <laughs> I have 100%ed Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Torna, the Golden Country. Mm. And, of course, to do that, there's New Game Plus. And luckily, to complete it with New Game Plus, you don't have to do every side quest again. But there are a lot of side quests that are kind of repetitive, um, and in some ways, you can also look at it with Majora's Mask. 80% of the game is all side quests. I still think it's fun just because it's like a bit of ca- or world building, character building. You know, you get to actually feel that there are people living in this world that have real problems. Not real world problems, but problems of their own in their own respective universe world. Of course. Is there a wrong way to play games? I mean... So I hear that a lot, right? You so like people. You, you often hear people like you talk about their favorite game, and then somebody's like, "Yeah, I really like playing on easy mode because then I don't have to try and I can just grind through the story." And then somebody else would be like, "How can you play X game in easy mode? Right. That ruins the fun of it." I personally don't think that way because it's like, so long as you're enjoying the game, then it's all good. One hundred percent. I believe the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you're like, if you're playing like the only way I'd say is the wrong way to play a game. If you're cheating, like mm. you hop on CS:GO, get yeah. those five dollar hacks, yeah, and just start spin botting all over the place. One hundred percent. The only way that I again can see a wrong way to play a game is to go in the opposite of the intent of the creator for cheating or stuff like that. You know, does that make sense? Cheating is fine in single player mode. <laughs> I think so. If you just want to like look around, yeah, if you want to do things, okay. I mean, boundary effect- break. Yeah, yeah, you're not affecting GTA other- cheat codes. You're not okay. affecting other people's experience. Exactly. Mm. But if if your cheating goes and ruins experience for other people, then of course it's- that's when that's when there's going right. to be an issue. What is a game? Mm. Simple question. Philosophy. Yeah, <laughs> this is heavy. This is getting heavy. I feel I'm not equipped to answer this question. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a good differentiation between something you watch and choose yeah like some netflix things okay you think that's a game because i think it's like a a big description that a friend of mine gave me is it's just a video games are like interactable tv shows Mm. yeah telltale is a good example telltale is a good example but even just like any game when you think about it yeah because you're you're what you're really just watching something but interacting with the thing you're watching to get results right for me, I think a game is something where you can go on a journey to better yourself in a way to overcome a problem, I guess, you know? But that kind of goes into another question I have. Not really, but kind of. Is there a superior gaming genre? I think, my 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 thoughts, the existence of superiority um 
already indicates, I guess, the existence of inferiority. Now, I don't think there is a game that is inferior to another or a gaming genre. I, I think there is no such thing as a superior or inferior gaming genre because that is all subjective. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think there is inferiority or superiority, but it's to the person. Like, you won't really ever catch me playing, like, it's uh, a bad example because I like playing, like, almost everything. You won't catch me playing sports games. Right. I personally don't enjoy sports games that Same. much. I but just people find, love them. Yeah, but there are people who absolutely love sports games. Yeah. Good and, for them. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with putting the same game out but with a different title and new players, but that's mm. a whole different story. But, like, just enjoying sports games, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. And especially, like, the the whole meme of goofing on mobile players mm. for not being real gamers. I don't oh, think that's okay. necessarily fair. That is not fair because they are playing a game. Yeah. And they're a community, and so, therefore, you know, you're a gamer. Mm-hmm. What, what I don't like is when people make games, and this is kind of going away from topic of game design, yeah, just yeah. game culture, that when people make games an uh, exclusive thing rather than an inclusive thing. Where it's like, oh, you bring games are meant to, or well, I see games bring people in, bring people together with yes. common stories, but people often make them exclusive. For example, mm. I grew up with Super Smash Bros. I mentioned mm-hmm. it in the first podcast, and uh, I just absolutely loved it. And the way I got into it was me and friends would play, and we just have these amazing moments. I can tell you so many memories yeah. just growing up playing that game, and yeah. I think it was a major part of growing up. And it was that inclusiveness of bringing people, new people in to play it, et cetera, not having any restrictions on how we played that made it so fun. But, like, when you have it to where you're, like, really limiting what's what people can do. When you say, like, people who play mobile games can't aren't actual, like, video game players. When, like, I know a lot of people who got into PC games because of mobile games. Yeah, I totally understand. It's really it's supposed to be an inclusive thing, not an exclusive thing. Mm-hmm. Now, here's here's a really tough question that we all Whoa. love. I think a good tie into that is that the worst side of gaming is the exclusivity of it. Like the whole recent controversy of Fallout, a Fallout subscription mm. thing. Yeah, when games. Or Fallout 76 or Fallout 4? 76. 76. Uh, they, they made a subscription service so you get better server access, yep. kind of your own mm-hmm. little thing. It ended up, still be- here. It yep. ended up still being bad. Get but, out of here. Um, just, man, I had so much hopes for that game, but just, it, they made bad game design decisions in that you're adding subscription service to a paid game and that's just a bad idea right uh man i there are there are examples of bad game design decisions and i think fallout 76 is a huge example of that rush for a release date instead of moving release dates back leads to a glitchy game a messed up game an incomplete game yep um further decisions of clout chasing like battle royale fallout 76 Mm. Uh, bad idea. Um, the subscription service to try to basically, basically greediness um, ruined the game. It's just, just Fallout 76 is the pinnacle example of bad game design. Right. Um, another, this this is probably like the most heaviest question I have here. Are stories important in games? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I think stories can be an important part of the game. My, as I've already told you, my personal game of the decade is The Last of Us. Yeah. Because I think the story in it is absolutely amazing. It applies, it's kind of tugs at everybody's heartstrings. Everybody can put themselves into the story. And then the gameplay on top of that just adds to that experience. But at the same time, 
I love games like Hotline Miami. I don't pay attention to the story in Hotline Miami. Okay. I love it because I like getting huge kill combos because I memorize the maps and I know when exactly to throw my shotgun at that door right. to knock out the dude so then I can walk up and execute him. I have like S plus or S's in so many Hotline Miami levels. It's But do I play this game for the story? No. I play it because it's, it's a wacky arcade game. See, a good example for me right there is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Legend of Zelda series... For the most part, a big bulk of their games is very story heavy. I guess there is a there's there's a heavy story for for the most of it, or at least there's there's a big impact of the story for a lot of people. Say Twilight Princess, say um, uh, Wind Waker, Ocarina of Time. You know, Majora's Mask being a great example. But Breath of the Wild kind of focuses more on the gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, with with the crafting of items and foods, with the durability of weapons and shields and uh, bows, you don't have to know the story to play and enjoy Breath of the Wild. Uh, you can, as soon as you wake up, as soon as you get all the main Sheikah attachments or runes, excuse me, you can go beat Ganon straight yeah. off the bat, you know? You don't have to go through all the cutscenes. You don't have to do the Divine Beast to get the story, to get the feel. You're just in this world that you can just enjoy just because. Of course. You know? And my favorite, but so we have like games that are great through gameplay, games that are great through story, and they're all really great games. And then my favorite are the ones that tie the two together. And yes. the example I bring every time, because I think it's the most artful use of this, there's a mission in What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, there's a bunch of you basically follow through family members in their lives and how they died Um, one of them is uh, your older brother who works at a uh, spoilers for uh, what (laughs) remains of Edith Finch but frankly uh, so if skip like skip ahead like a minute if you haven't seen it uh, or played it and you want to because that is a really good game and I heavily recommend but you, you your brother works at a sardine factory and so how you play through his story is you start out, you grab a fish, you chop its head off, you throw the fish away. Grab a fish, chop its head off, throw it away. Right. But as you do this, he starts imagining a scenario where oh, he's no. a king and he moves, to, he has an empire and he travels. And the entire time you're going through this fictional story he has in his head, as you subconsciously oh. chop the fish, throw it away. And so you, with your right hand, you're doing this, while yeah. in your left hand, you're controlling the character in this fictional scene. Interesting. And you go through this entire story until finally him and his fictional empire as the king, he marries the queen. And when he does that at the same time, you as a character, you're no longer doing the fish thing. You're walking through the fish factory, mm. walking up a different part of it, and walking into where things get chopped. Interesting. And that's how the brother died. And that's how you go through that. And it's right. so when you play through this, it gives me chills right now. When you play through this, it's amazing to see how the gameplay ties into that. And you're, the entire time, you're just doing minute tasks in one hand, going with the other. And it's just a great example of both tying in together. And there's a lot of that in the game. Recommend What Remains of Edith Finch for those who haven't played. Dude, that's that's some heavy stuff. My, my definitive answer is, are stories important to games? Yes, depending on it depending on the game, depending on the person. For me, personally, yes. Stories are important, but, you know, gameplay. If, if, if you don't have a fun game to play, if it doesn't feel good, why should I continue on with this game if I'm not enjoying it? You know, yeah. I want to have fun. Of course. Joe? I think it just has to be fun. I, I, I feel bad for having such a simple answer, but... That's fine. 
a oh. good a, those are very good story driven games yeah where gameplay is simple yeah but if it was terrible I would never play it if gameplay if the gameplay is just awful I'm not gonna get into it no matter what I totally understand if it's cho- if it's choppy if it's bugged if it's just overall not fun Sonic at all Sonic 06 mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on a very heavy episode of Razzle Dazzle Please stay tuned for next episode, and we'll see you guys then. Of course. Catch you all later.